Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. This is so exciting that I get an opportunity to share with you what it is that I do, so maybe you can do it too. There might be just one or two things in all the details, strategies, stories that I'm going to share with you that might help you on your property journey. And of course, what it is that I do is I source deals and I sell them to investors. That's what I do. I'm going to share with you how I got started, why it's so exciting, why it's such a wonderful strategy, and uh, hopefully you can do it too. So let's get going. Now, to be honest, I started this by accident. I didn't set out to be a deal packager. I didn't even know what deal packaging was. In my head, I confused it with being deal sources. And the deal sources that I had uh, worked with in the past really had disappointed me, if I'm honest. Uh, Because I don't know about you, maybe you're on one of those lists that deal sources send out all their deals on. And they're all 20% below market value. And when you look at them individually, they're not 20% below market value. So I didn't really want to be a deal sourcer, but then I realised the power in the strategy and how to serve people properly, how to serve your vendors, how to serve your investors. And then as a consequence, you serve yourself. So I'm going to come back to that and tell you how to do it properly. But as I say, I started by accident in around 2004. And I live in Brighton on the south coast of England, but my deal packaging business has always been in and around Manchester. How did that happen? The reason that happened was that my business partner had started to travel to Manchester. The reason he was going to Manchester was that his daughter went to Manchester University. Uh, She decided to stay on after she left university because she'd fallen in love. And she wanted to stay in the city. And he'd rented her a house in ashton Underline, And he went up uh, for the parents' weekend. You know how that works. Go and visit everyone. Make sure everything's all right. And uh, he sat in uh, the house that he rented and was reading the local newspaper. And he found out that although he was paying, at that time, £400 a month to rent the house, he could buy the house next door for £35,000. So the arithmetic was compelling, and he started buying these houses, buying and buying and buying, and then he came and told me all about it, and he said, why don't you come? And I said, no, I don't want to come, because I'd seen it on the TV. It was North, you know, it was Coronation Street. I had all those pictures in my head. I really didn't want to come, but he went on and on, because he does go on and on. And uh, he got me in the car one day, and we got to Manchester, and I complained all the way up the M6. I didn't want to be there. And then... We started walking uh, around Ashton-Underline, Oldham, visiting estate agents, and it must have taken me, ooh, 45 minutes to get into the swing of this, and we started buying houses. And in those days, it was a lot easier. Finance was a lot easier. You could arrange finance on the phone. You know, it was very simple to get buy-to-let mortgages with low, low deposits at that time. So we started buying these things like Kit Kats, And we build up quite a large portfolio. But if you're a property investor, you will understand that eventually you run out of money. You do. Because you try and recycle, try and recycle, try and recycle. But you always have to leave a little bit in. And eventually all those little bits suck up all your capital. What happened was we were still getting offered really, really good prices to buy houses. 
We had built a network of people, estate agents, developers, local sources who we were working with, who were offering us off-market deals. And you've got to keep saying yes to those people. If you start to say, uh, no, I can't at the moment. No, I'm out the game for six months. No, I can't proceed because I've run out of money. Then what happens is you slip down their list. So going from the top of the list, you go to the bottom of the list. So by accident, and we didn't realise that what we were doing was packaging deals, we went back to Brighton and we just started to tell everyone we knew about what we were doing. And then People come and they say, oh, those little houses you're buying up in Manchester for 40 grand or whatever it was at the time. Have you got really old ones that, you know, nobody wants that, that I might be able to buy? Really old ones? They're all Victorian. They're all really old. So we started selling these houses to our friends. I went to have a filling one day and I sold three houses to my dentist. That's the sort of thing that we got up to. So we started working through our network, people that we knew. Uh, we went to network meetings, property network meetings, and I'm going to come back and tell you how to do this. But when we started out, we had to learn it ourselves. We didn't have anyone who could share with us how to make the most of those network meetings, how to put ourselves out there, what scripts to use, how to develop your elevator pitch, how to find the money in the room. I'm going to share all the strategies with you, everything we learned about networking as we move through the different segments. But what we did at that time was we met people based in the south of England who were attracted by the cash flow, the cash flow in the northwest of England. Now, it is a different strategy. If you're selling deals in the north of England, then you have to focus on cash flow. I never promise anybody capital growth who are buying in the north of England. But equally, if you want to trade in the south of England, it's a fantastic opportunity for you to make your investor clients really, really wealthy. Because over time, as we know, capital values increase. So the challenge in the South might be to make the cash flow work in the early years, but the capital growth as you go along will completely transform your investors' lives. So it's a wonderful opportunity to package deals in the South of England as well. So wherever you are based, I am telling you that there is a strategy near to where you live, near to where you work, near to where you want to trade. And we're going to deal with that as we go forward. So in the early days, when I first went to Manchester, we went and leveraged estate agents. I mean, they're a massive resource. They've still got over 90% of the market, according to Rightmove. 90% of all the properties for sale in the UK are listed with estate agents. Uh, and it was even more at that time. We started to focus on working specifically with estate agents. And we had to spot, with each office that we went into, who were the key players in that office. And that's not a difficult thing to do. I will show you how to do that as we move forward. And uh, the other thing about working with estate agents, of course, is it's absolutely free. You know, I have never been charged to date for walking into an estate agent's office. You know, and there are also incremental extras that you can get when you go and visit estate agents. Sometimes I get offered a cup of tea. How cool is that? Sometimes I can use the loo. You know, when you get a bit older, you have to use the loo a bit more. So all of those things come together and I can make a whole day of visiting the estate agents on my patch because they tend, whatever town you live in, wherever you are in the UK, 
All the estate agents tend to be in the same street or very close to each other. There's like estate agents row. So we would go and visit estate agents row and just work our way down the street from one office to the other. And, um, you know, friends that we work with in those offices would watch us. They watch us go from office to office. Maybe they weren't so happy that we were working with another office. So that when we got to their office, you know, maybe they'd have a couple of things that they wanted to show us. We had to go through that. And also, it was, it was a great deal of fun. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed building those relationships. It was uh, something we looked forward to doing. This wasn't a chore. This wasn't difficult. So on my very first trip to uh, Ashton Underline, uh, we were approaching, and I think it's still there, a big double-fronted old established estate agency, uh, very well known in the town. And as we walked up to it, these two gentlemen rolled out on the floor and appeared to be having a fist fight. Uh, we sort of stepped round them and went into the office and we said, what's going on? Uh, well, the uh, manager of the office advised us. See, so the gentleman underneath, uh, he's bid 40,000 for this particular house and the gentleman on top uh, just bid 41, so he gazumped him. So they've just stepped outside to settle it in their own way. And I thought, what a lot of fun this is. We can do this. So that was the start of our journey. And... Um, it propelled us forward very, very quickly. So that was how I got started. Now I've done over 250 deals. All these years later, I've got a heck of a lot of experience. I've worked with all sorts of investors. I've worked with all sorts of people who have brought me deals from all sorts of unexpected places. I can share all of that with you. And the reason I persisted with my deal packaging business was that it generated cash. It generated cash flow. I needed cash flow in my life. Because if you're building your property portfolio, if you're building your legacy, it's absolutely fabulous medium to long term, but maybe the cash flow is challenging. I found the cash flow challenging. Because a single let, set and forget, £200 a month net, you know, by the time you got the thing up and running, where I was investing, which was in the north of England, uh, £200 a month net was about what I was getting from my single let investments. And uh, you can probably relate to this. I needed quite a few £200 a month to make my world go round. So the deal packaging business became the cash flow that supported my life. Because it was fast and it was free, I can show you how to do that. So if you want to be a deal packager, there are three vital ingredients that you need to make your business work. First of all, you need a deal. And what is a deal? I'm going to share with you exactly how you can qualify and quantify whether you have a deal that someone would want to buy. Secondly, you need someone who wants to buy your deal. You need an investor. And there are many different types of investors. I will share with you how I found investors and many other ways that you can find investors to buy your deals. And then thirdly, you've got to make sure you get paid because it's pointless doing all that work if you're not going to get paid. So that is an overview of what I do. Uh, let's break that down and be a little bit more specific.
So let's start with the deal. What is a deal? You know, um, so many friends message me, send me emails, ring me up and say, David, I've got this deal. Uh, I found it, but I don't know what to do with it. Uh, And I'll come back to that because you've got to know what to do with it. And then when I look at the deal and the potential in the deal, and potential is a really, really important word. I'm going to come back to that. I find it's not actually a deal. It's just a house that is for sale. There are many houses that are for sale that are not a deal. So what are the criteria I'm looking for to make a house a deal? Basically, the bottom line is it has to in some way increase the wealth of the person that's going to buy the house. And there are many ways that it can increase that person's wealth. We're going to call that person our investor. So how do we make the investor more wealthy? And that comes from where the way I go about it is I start with the investor first and find out what they want and then what needs they have in their financial life. And I try and go out and fulfill it by finding the deal to match their criteria. I think that's the easiest way to do it. I really enjoy doing it that way. So if an investor needs cash flow, high yielding investments, maybe they've got a chunk of money on the high street getting very little in terms of interest return on their investment. Uh, They might be concerned that the inflation rate is higher than the return they're getting on their money invested in the bank. They are in pain about that and they want to increase their return and also maybe invest their money in a capital asset that will appreciate over time. That makes it very easy for me because all I need from the investor is the specific numbers that they're looking for. I know exactly what numbers I've got to hit. I go and see my friends in the estate agents. I say, this is what I need. And then I go out and view potential deals that can fulfill those numbers. Deal packaging is just arithmetic. That's all it is. At the simplest level, it's just about arithmetic. You can all do arithmetic. We just need to know what the sums are. So when you've met with your investor and you understand what they're trying to achieve, then you can go and view a property. And the great thing about property is there are several different strategies that you can use as a deal packager to increase the return on that property. Let me explain. Depending on the return that the investor wants to achieve, you can tweak the strategies on a particular property. Maybe the investor will be happy with the return achieved by a single let. If we're going to do single lets, then we have to know that the property works for a single let or we're not serving our investor. I'm sure that makes sense. Maybe they're looking for a higher return. Maybe then we have to look at multi-let. Maybe that we have to look at houses of multiple occupation as our strategy. And a deal packager, of course, has to know the top line how to set up a house of multiple occupation so you can serve your investor. So a deal packager has to know how multi-lets work, where they work and how they work and who can look after them. Because in my particular case, in my business, most of the investors are two, 300 miles away. So they need hands-free or as close to possible as hands-free a property investment can be. Or maybe they want multi-let returns, but on a single-let property. 
So the new cutting-edge strategy is like serviced accommodation. Because in serviced accommodation, you can achieve something close to multi-let returns, but on a single-let property. All we need to do is apply a cosmetic uplift to the property, to the house, to the apartment. And then you can get those multi-let returns without bashing walls about and making significant structural changes. It's just such a cool place to be. But if you're a deal packager, obviously you have to know the top line rules so that you can apply serviced accommodation and make it work for your investor or you're not serving your investor. And I hope that makes sense. So this is one of the really, really exciting things that I find about deal packaging. Because deal packaging, from my perspective, overarches every other strategy. So a deal packager, if they're sourcing single lets, has to know what a single let is, has to know where a single let will work, has to know that you you don't want to put it in the Bronx, you know, you want good, solid, working-class tenants in a good, solid family area. A deal packager has to know about multilets. He has to know, the, or she has to know, the overview of how multilets work. Is it an Article 4 area? I'll come back to that. What are the minimum room sizes? All the fire and safety regulations. Those are actually key, absolutely key. And if you're going to serve your investor as a deal packager, you have to know that stuff. And then with serviced accommodation, will the property work where it's situated for serviced accommodation? Uh, what are the planning issues? What are the lending criteria? What are all the insurance issues? Um, how are you going to service the thing? Because if a investor is two, 300 miles away, they're not going to be wanting to check people in and check people out and do the linen. So what really, really excites me about deal packaging is that every other property strategy is attached to deal packaging. And a deal packager worth their salt has to know just enough about every other strategy to make it work for the investor. Commercial conversions, commercial opportunities that you convert into fantastic residential buildings. I have friends in the industry, and we're going to talk about this later on, who focus completely on sourcing commercial buildings for people who want to convert them to residential buildings. That's a fantastic strategy because those deals are very big and then the fees generated for the deal packager will be very, very big. But in order to do that, to serve the investor, the deal packager has to have an idea of the top line, the values that they're looking for. So I know already that is a lot of information. We've got so much more to share going forward. But let me just summarise exactly what it is that I've shared with you so far. Uh, I've, I've explained how exciting deal packaging is. Uh, I've shared with you how I got started and how you could get started as well. And then I've tried to give an impression of the power of deal packaging, uh, how it overarches every other strategy, how you can find your niche and find in deal packaging a way to earn cash flow, get cash coming into your lives, and at the same time, it gives you the opportunity to work with other people who specialise in specific strategies and you learn what they know as well so that you can serve them by bringing them deals that they can monetize, and as a result, get paid handsomely for doing it. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode. <laughs>